As a Papuan Australian woman, I acknowledge that I am a settler on this land that I live, work and create on. I acknowledge there are ongoing native title cases on this land today due to the impacts of colonisation and I want to pay my respects to the many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples of this country and to their elders past, present and emerging. listeners and welcome back to this podcast series stories of the 10th asia pacific triennial these podcasts are a subphase of the australian council of the arts project our knowledge our practice our stories which is produced by myself moile james for this mini series of episodes i speak with artists curators and project support team for the queensland art gallery gallery of modern arts 10th asia pacific triennial As you would have heard in our previous episode, APT10 is currently showcasing and will continue displaying until the 25th of April this year. APT10 showcases 69 projects with more than 150 artists and collectors from 30 countries. In this episode, I speak with one of those fantastic artists. I am so excited for you to hear from Brian Fuata, an improvisation performance artist based in Sydney, Australia. We explore Brian's entrance into the art sector, his inspiration into his character, The Apparition, and some reflections he has for future artists. So let's jump straight into the episode now, introducing APT10 artist Brian Fuata. My name is Brian Fawada. I am um, uh, of Samoan heritage, um, New Zealand-born Samoan. Um, migrated, my family migrated here um, to Australia, Queensland in particular, uh, in 1985. And um, so I was about six or seven um, and then spent most of my formative years in Queensland and then moved to uh, New South Wales and Sydney. Um, and became kind of discovered my art practice which is in performance Uh, so i was in sydney in 19 and then i've lived there ever since um and working in theater um and particular kind of sort of like postmodern kind of theater where the where the fourth wall is broken down and then there's this kind of sort of a a direct relationship with the audience and blurring those lines between um, audience and performer. Um, A lot of my work is autobiographical um, and kind of like responds to um, my background as well as the world that I'm currently in. Um, And so this theatre practice, this performance practice, kind of sort of gradually migrated over into the gallery context where I have for the last 10 years um, taken on uh, the image of the ghost. And the ghost is both a kind of conceptual image, but also a functional image to kind of sort of like anchor these improvisations that I now do. Uh, and it's an improvisation of physical movement, of sounds, and of language. Um, and the language is either kind of written text or it's thing that just comes off the cuff and it's kind of inspired by how I'm feeling or what's inside the room and how I'm responding to that. And so, sorry, I'm going all over the place, but uh, these contained improvisations um, are kind of like um, anchored with this image of the ghost that I use as a way to kind of like frame and kind of create content for APT this year. I um I I made a little performance installation based on my ghost improvisation practice. 
So my practice and performance, um, as I said, like when I when I was starting as a little baby, as a little baby performer, I was like it was very autobiographical. I was kind of sort of talking about my my life as a gay Samoan man um, growing up in kind of sort of working class suburbs with um, two Samoan parents, Christian background, and and all of the kind of sort of like lively kind of stories that one can imagine that that comes that 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 produces that that lifestyle produces um and sorry i have to i guess i have to kind of sort of start from the beginning because in what this will set up is a kind of like the nature of my improvisations and so um this kind of sort of formal practice in theater and particularly kind of sort of scripted text they're normally kind of 20 minute pieces of like monologues straight monologues um but kind of set the foundations of uh, a kind of artistic consciousness that was kind of sort of responding to myself as a brown person in public space. So that's kind of continued throughout my practice, um, although I no longer kind of write these kind of sort of formal scripts and that they are quite abstract, kind of esoteric, kind of like, you know, um, almost like free jazz kind of associations of just words and language and, and language sounds. So sometimes I make sounds that are responding to the physical um, objects and, and including people in the space, like, uh, 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 you know. Um, so um, a lot of these kind of sort of um, this uh, improvisation is centered and anchored around my body in the space. And so for the media preview, um, I kind of like made visible or made part of the performance, the very context of the media as part of as part of my narrative. So I was um, quite often kind of had a direct relationship to the audience, all of who came from kind of sort of some media background. So a lot of them were journalists. I was also being um, filmed by um, SBS. So uh, Stephen Armstrong, um, Brewster, sorry, was an, um, was making an article for APT, and my interaction with Stefan, sorry, Stephen Stefan, became part of the performance, and so and so I was then kind of like, so this is an example of how my improvisations uh, are really kind of live, direct, immediate responses to the physical environment. Um, and again, as I mentioned, like I, I kind of sort of frame these improvisations using the image of the ghost. So there's always a kind of like an act of a transformation where I, I move from Brian Fawada and then slowly transform into the ghost. So that's quite a regular act that kind of sort of anchors these improvisations. And so for the media preview, not only was I kind of sort of corresponding with kind of like the people in the space and going, hey, you what channel are you from? Uh, and then like whatever content they say, I then like take, I kind of like um, mimic what they say and then that becomes part of my vocabulary that may return later on in the 20 minutes. Um, so not only was that kind of sort of relational input kind of part of the content, um, so was the artwork in the room. And um, where the media uh, preview took place was in the kind of like river room at, the, at Goma um, that featured the dear, um, uh, an artwork from a dear friend of mine, Salote Tawale, who's like Fijian Australian, who had made a like traditional um, Fijian vessel 
Um, and so uh, that preview also kind of like responded to the kind of like the materiality of, of Salote's work. So um, I noticed that one of the questions that you sent me um, earlier before was around themes. And I don't have like my performances no longer have kind of sort of set themes as such, um, rather that there is a kind of physical content there's a physical material, so my brown gay body or whatever, however people read my body in the public space, and then my interactions kind of sort of taking note of myself, of my physical self, my political self, my, my spiritual self, whatever kind of sort of like interaction that comes out from that or whatever content comes out of this interaction, keeping conscious of my various identities that then becomes the theme so um so of course like what you can draw from that is like um i guess uh, a recurring theme then would be you know um that these improvisations are dealing with you know the brown body in what is normally kind of sort of um uh western or um white institutional spaces and how then my brown body, my brown queer body kind of sort of interacts with that and and offers uh, various ways to kind of sort of um, either critique the, the critique the institution or or use the institution as um, as a kind of set or a scene for my my body to be exist to exist in my identity my persona to exist in so so the media preview was um was was really great because um it also well, like of course then became all of the document became part of the media content and so the media content in of itself becomes part of the work which is a really kind of sort of interesting um way to look at um, my practice as a kind of uniquely Samoan, New Zealand-born Samoan, Australian practice that is actually kind of sort of infiltrating this kind of sort of cultural event, this kind of media event, um, and expressing other forms of kind of identity formation that, 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 that perhaps expand, you know, what, what is normally known of um, contemporary Pacifica art. Yeah, I love that um, final phrase that you said. You're almost changing the definition of what is contemporary art, and that's certainly something that has been brought up um, quite a few times in the previous interviews that I've had and conversations that we've had um, together. Another thing that I find with your work is um, I don't know whether this is correct or not, but it's also very much about relationships as well with different people in this space, which is always really exciting. Um, and I can remember the performance that you did um, the, the day after the opening party and um, I had walked in and then I became part of the performance as well and you interacted with me and with mum and with James. Yeah, um, yeah. And also engaging with um, one of the beautiful staff members, I believe it was Lucy that you um, engaged with. And, yeah, and then all the kids that are... And I remember as you were producing your work when we're sitting up in the office, being able to hear you downstairs and all the kids that are coming to just learn more about you and your work. It's really beautiful as well. Um, yeah. Do you think that relationships was that kind of an accidental um, 
thing that happened with your work or is it very much intentional? It's very much intentional. It's very much intentional and, and comes from this kind of sort of like uh, theatre practice, this theatre background, this theatre foundation. And because theatre is about liveness and it is about a kind of like an immediate interaction with other people. And so that direct kind of... Um, material is is something that in the context of a gallery um, which we understand to be one of a kind of like fixed sterile object oriented place uh, the relational for me becomes a really interesting way a political way to kind of sort of dissolve those kind of assumed hierarchies right or these assumed hierarchies of kind of like cultural of culture um, and that 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 often kind of sort of promotes, you know, has in the past. It's slowly changing now, and um, in the last ten years, it's, it's definitely seen an explosion of kind of sort of realize the gallery space realizing that it needs to be alive and it needs to have kind of like um, a vitality of community relationships and can no longer take these kind of sort of colonial paradigms of kind of like of leadercism. So my my relational practice coming from the theater space has, has is is intentional in this space because um, another thing that I I am conscious of is the political material or political manner of conviviality of of comfort of, of actually producing a comfortable casual way that softens you know an audience to kind of like participate ethically as opposed to kind of sort of, you know, like contemporary art has a really kind of sort of shocking reputation of just going, we're just going to be weird on you. <laughs> like, why does that guy have no clothes? <laughs> and so the come like the casual nature of my performances kind of ushers a kind of complicity of participation. And and also because I am I, I highlight people that I know, there is then this kind of really personal, this kind of personality of familiarity and often familiarity of family. Um, and in the context of APT, it was kind of sort of really pointed because like, you know, um, because it is it is a platform that kind of sort of highlights kind of sort of indigenous practices. Um, it's often uh, that like indigenous people are in the audiences. And so then I remember at one point, I think it was, I think it was at the performance that you attended and maybe one of the performances that you, that was, that happened on that day. I, um, I, I saw someone that was, oh, that's right. It was Emily. Uh, <laughs> who uh, is like, you know, um, Afagast, like uh, Islander and Vietnamese mix. And then I, and she was in the learning, she's in the learning department, works in the learning department, and I was needing a singer. And so one of the organisers of my performances had then thought, hey, because Emily's a singer. She's in the, works in the, anyways, long story short, I, um, so Emily was kind of sort of like brought in to, as a performer, 
And um, there was this, a, a really interesting, uh, quite a funny point when I was like, oh, come out, come out, Emily, Rara. And then I, and I saw friends of Edith Mitsuwani, um, uh, Samoan, New Zealand-based Samoan artist, and some of her SAR friends were in the audience. And then I was like, when I was, when I brought Emily out, I was like, Em, just come sit. There's some brown people here. <laughs> and so, I mean, what, what feels really trivial at the time and kind of sort of a lighthearted joke, in fact, has a political resonance and in fact has a kind of like a kind of like um, uh, almost imperceptible depth to it because in that very casual kind of sort of like relay of saying there's brown people here is to also signify the fact that brownness is rarely seen in these kind of sort of like institutional colonial kind of sort of projects and also like you know Conviviality, casualness, bringing people in, making people feel comfortable, is is what I feel is is a, is an inherently Islander Pacifica um, identity. It's part of our identity, you know. Latai Tongan Australian artist, a dear friend of mine, ours, uh, Latai, speaks about conviviality, this kind of sort of relation, as a as having a kind of um, there were political reasons, but also practical reasons. Relationships were so, are so necessary for a kind of like island people who are, who are not, who are joined by vast expanses of ocean. So this, it's a relational practice that has actual kind of sort of um, practicalities and utility to it. So when applied in this context of a kind of like art project, it seems really kind of sort of flippant and trivial, but in actual fact, um, it is a kind of like a, a technology of a political political tool and technology of um, socialization. Yeah, that was a beautiful performance and it was uh, very emotional for a lot of the brown people that were watching. Um, I remember watching... Uh, like a big audience group coming and after you you were both finished, people walking off and the people that were there were all the brown people and everyone was emotional. And um, I walked past Lucy and she said, he just changes everything that mm. I understand about contemporary art. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Also, can I just add to, because Lucy, it was Emily, it was Lucy's sister <clears throat> that was that was actually um, the singer. Um, and and then speaking about this idea of the personal being political and also kind of sort of like um, uh, an element uh, that I kind of bring, bring into my practice and then actually also kind of expands the work. And through these relations, the work kind of sort of go beyond kind of sort of like just the, the physical parameters of the of the institutional, you know, um, context. Um, uh, there was also an added kind of sort of um, reading for Lucy in that Emily had been working for the institution for quite some time and in working in this position had not sung in public for ages. And so, so Lucy and her mum, her mum were there and also, sorry, yeah, Lucy, Lucy's mum and Emily's partner, Albert, were all there. Um, and so they were kind of sort of experienced. They had a different bent to it, which is 
although they have a kind of sort of unique relationship that can't be shared with any other kind of sort of audience members, that's not to discount that that uniqueness um, is not a kind of consideration that my practice kind of sort of enables. And so it's really important the, that... Um, it's, and it's really comforting to hear that, that, that the work, my practice has this kind of outreach that is able to kind of sort of affect people, not only as a kind of sort of an artistic event, but also like a, a, a touching political, personal. In your opinion, because you've been to these APTs, what makes this one, the 10th one, different to the others that you yeah. have been to? I mean, it's different for the obvious and glaring reason of COVID. Um, and and it's I mean and I guess for me personally um, in that like this is the edition that you know I am in um, I have lots of like complex feelings for it because uh, APTs are as we know um, historically an amazing kind of um meeting points for so many Indigenous BIPOC artists from across the region. And because of COVID and the limits of that, uh, there are literally only four artists at the opening. And 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 there was only really me throughout the entire period. I, I was, um, for, for all your audiences out there, <coughs> moved up from Sydney and was resident for, for a whole year. So, um, which in many ways, like, gave me centre stage. I was like, hey, Beyonce. <laughs> in fact, there was a, an ongoing joke that we should have called um, APT ABT. <laughs> um, so, so as a as a as a solo artist, like you know, to have um, that much attention, like in terms of resources and staff ready at hand, and and also staff kind of sort of hungry and thirsty for because APT is such a kind of like pivotal moment in the institution's calendar. Um, to have kind of like this, my presence there was really kind of sort of felt, but um, but but and and at the same and and that for that I'm I'm like eternally grateful. Uh, however, it was lonely. It was lonely, and um, uh, and so yeah. So that was made it kind of sort of entirely significant for for that kind of reason. Um, as far as and as I, I I have to add that that experience of making um, also includes um, the wonderful, thoughtful, intelligent um, relationship that was formed between Ruth McDougall and I, the curator, um, and how, um, like, curator coming from the Latin word curate care was really kind of sort of like... Um, so magnificently demonstrated through 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 in in Ruth's hands, she she really cared for me, and I and I felt so supported in the most kind of sort of generous and um, deft way. It was a, it was a light touch. Um, so yeah, that was kind of sort of like perhaps kind of sort of like the most like for eight, all of the APTs that really kind of sort of like signified that, and. 
Secondly, um, I didn't realize this until I brought uh, my nieces to see the show just like literally uh, like a couple of weeks ago. And, and they loved Edith. They loved like Silica. They were just like, oh my God, that like they saw Islanders, Islander presences. And so I guess for me, there was like, it was a really nice thing to kind of like, um, again, be kind of sort of in proximity, in proximity to, to my Pacifica cohort. Um, yeah, but being, being on country, being um, you know, in Brisbane was, was highly significant and highly kind of sort of like influenced my, my experience of it. And of course, you know, um, would make this a lot more unique than other APTs that I've experienced. Mm. Yes, it's certainly a um, unique experience for everyone involved. Um, yeah, it should have been named ABT. That would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also was joking with Salotta that, like, for opening night performance, like, I, I would just be on a scissor lift with this, like, and then just going up and this, like, in my ghost sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been. Hi listeners, thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode with Brian Fawata. Tune into part two of our conversation, which is coming up next.